to God. So my message this morning is our refuge in times of trouble. One of my favorite psalms, Psalm 46, verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength. Another translation said, God is our strong refuge. And either way, it sounds good to me. God is both our strong refuge and God is our refuge and he's our strength. An ever-present help in times of trouble. Let me say that again. God is our refuge and strength and a very present or ever-present help in times of trouble. Well, now this indeed is a day of trouble. These are times of trouble. There's no mistaking it. Um, when uh, uh, coronavirus or COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, has cast its long shadow of sickness, fear, and disruption over the whole world, it is indeed a time of trouble. And uh, without elaborating on the bad news, we could simply quantify it by saying that uh, sickness is stalking the populations of the world. And we are praying that very few are captured in its grasp. Fear is shutting down commerce and raiding our stock markets. And many of us here this morning and those that are listening um, to, the, uh, to this message on the Internet, uh, not only is commerce being shut down, not only are the stock markets being raided and thrown into a tailspin, many are having their retirements and their special savings and their nest eggs and security raided and pilfered. So it's a, it's a time that uh, fear is stalking, not just sickness, but in a very real way, the reaction to this condition, to this sickness, is more severe than the sickness itself. There are more lives being disrupted, harm being done, and losses that are accruing, not due to the death or the sickness of the disease, but our response in trying to run away from the sickness and the disease. And I'm not saying we shouldn't run away from the sickness and disease, but jobs are in question, many people. And maybe within the next few days after this message this morning, in this coming week, as this is settling in, um, people are going to find that they're going to be worrying about their jobs. Do I have a job to go to? Companies are wondering, am I, am I going to be able to keep my doors open? Whole industries are at risk right now. And of course, that is driving the market. So we put all that together and we could say, <clears throat> This is a time of trouble. So Psalm 46 and verse 1 is for today. I want to make that abundantly clear. This is the day, Psalm 46 and 1, when the Bible says after everything negative that I've just said, all the terrible things that are happening, let me tell you what else is happening. God is being a refuge and God is being a strength. He is being a very present help in the times of trouble. You say, well, isn't God a help all the time? Surely the Lord is always a help. The Bible says there's no shadow of turning. He's the Lord who changes not. But why does his light shine brighter in darkness? It's because in times of trouble, people look to the Lord. And God is a God who responds to people looking to him. That's called faith. And so when hearts turn in faith towards God, the Lord is there 
loudly proclaiming his love back to us. And he speaks in his love to us through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So this is a time when God's presence is available as a shelter for those who run into him and are made safe. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is like a strong tower. The righteous person runs in, and I stress that word, in. The, the, the righteous person runs into it and is safely set on high. So I want you to capture this picture in your mind this morning that I want to elaborate on because it's important that you see that turning to the Lord is not just a thought that we aim at God, but the Bible says the righteous run into the name of the Lord. How do you run into the name of the Lord? We're going to find out this morning. Because if God is indeed, as he has said in Psalm 46 and in other places, if he is a shelter, if he is a refuge for us, then there's obviously a door. There's a way to get in. And there is an entering in, which means you can be in it or you can be outside of it. There is a being in the safety and refuge and there's being outside. I want to be in. How about you? So notice that the scripture says, it doesn't say God will find you a refuge. It says he will be a refuge. It doesn't say he will show you, I, I don't know about you, but it, the, the uh, term sheltering in place just irritates the daylights out of me. I just feel like, why can't people just say, hey, po folks, stay home. Everybody understands, stay home, sheltering in place. We have to have all these nuanced words and phrases for everything nowadays. I like, I'm old school, I like, shut up over there. <laughs> or I put that down. You know, but we, we, can't, we can't be direct anymore. So not, we're sheltering in place. As you can see, most of our congregation is sheltering in place. Well, um, in God, they're not here, by the way. That's my point. They're sheltering in place, which means you can't be in two places at once. So if you are going to shelter in the Lord, you have to run into him. You have to enter in. Glory to God. And so you're going to learn this morning, or you're going to be reminded, how to enter in to the shelter and take advantage of God who is our safety and our shelter. You know, let's just, um, for the sake of contrast, let me just make an analogy. The way the world provides safety at this time is um, their safety depends upon finding a refuge for you. Speaking of sheltering in place in your homes, hopefully your home is swept and, uh, you know, sanitized and everything, and you just hide in your house, and you say, if I don't let anybody in, and I stay in here, and I don't go out, then the uh, coronavirus will pass over me, and I won't get it. So the safety of the world is dependent on finding some crevice somewhere, some crack, some little place we can stuff you in so deeply that the, that the, that the corona won't get in there and get on you and make you sick. The germ won't land on you and make you sick. And again, uh, let me, as long as I'm speaking freely, um, I'm a man that appreciates humor. And I think humor is most needed 
on the battlefield. They call it battlefield humor. Battlefield humor can be very weird, very crude at times. I understand that. But in times of great stress and danger, it's human nature sometimes to be funny because it helps us to get through those stressful times. So I don't think I've seen Facebook so funny ever as it has been lately. Now, I, of course, think it's bad uh, to be humiliating or disrespectful of others. But come on, there is some really funny stuff going on right now, and that is true. So you, you get the idea that if, if you're going to be safe from this virus uh, in the uh, world's con in the context of world health and safety, we have to cr cram you into a corner somewhere and just let's do everything we can, uh, including duct tape, to make sure that the, that the virus does not get on you. Because if it gets on you, that's it. You're, you're finished. So, um, but God's safety. Now look at, look at how different. God's shelter. God's shelter. God's safety works differently. It works by putting Jesus, who is your refuge, inside of you. And sealing you in him. And so we're going to talk this morning about, well, how do I enter the refuge of the Lord? Well, you get him to enter into you. You get Jesus, the refuge, to enter into you. Well, if we're going to keep you safe from COVID-19, we got to keep COVID-19 from touching you. If it touches you, you're finished. I'm being a little facetious, but to get the idea. But when you're sheltering in Jesus... COVID-19 can fall all over you. It dies when it comes in contact with Jesus. Jesus kills COVID-19. Jesus is the life that killed death. They threw Lazarus in the grave. Did they not? Four days later, Jesus said, no, come out. He had to come out. The lame, the blind... You're saying, yeah, well, that was Jesus. That's right. That's Jesus. Not that was Jesus. That is Jesus. Glory to God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. <clears throat> Glory to God. And you say, well, you know, um, I, I, we prayed for a lame man and he didn't walk. But I think a lot of times when we pray for lame people, it's like, oh, okay, you know, we're going to pray for a couple minutes. And if it doesn't work, we'll all go to the buffet anyway. We're not that uh, critical, you know, in our, in our faith. But you, you come to a place where you're the blind Bartimaeus of the Bible or you're the, the, the man laying at the pool of Bethesda and, all, and, and, and you want that miracle and Jesus walks up to you and says, will you be made whole? Yes. Darn tootin' I will. Yes, Lord Jesus, please. He, Jesus said to, to, to Bartimaeus, uh, what can I do for you? My sight, thank you, hello, I, my sight, I want to see. And uh, Jesus opened his eyes and he saw. So, you know, when you're like the woman with the issue of blood who said, if I just touch them of his garment, because I think i got enough strength to just get to where I can touch. If I do that, I will be made whole. There's the kind of determination. Well, in times like this, people get to that level. When, you're, when your uh, funds and your uh, 
portfolio have just bled out all over the place and you're, you've gotten over the shock of, of uh, losing uh, your retirement and, and all of a sudden you, you're not sure if I got a job to go to on Monday and things like this start coming down on you. When you start going to God under those kind of pressures, you go to God for real. You know, this is, this is all of a sudden, this desperation brings a level of seriousness about it. You realize, I have to have God's shelter. I have to have it. I need it. It's not like if I don't have it, it's all right, so we still all go to the buffet. So God works by putting the shelter in us, and uh, if the virus touches it, it dies. Praise the Lord. In Psalm 61, verse 1 through 3, I love this. Oh God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the towering rock of safety, for you are my safe refuge, a fortress, get ready for this, where my enemies cannot reach me. Woo, glory to God. Remember, the name of the Lord's a high tower. The righteous run into it. They're safe. Why are they safe? Because my enemies can't reach me. When the Lord puts you in a shelter, the enemy can't reach you. COVID-19 can't reach you. Leprosy can't reach you. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Death might stalk, but it can't have you. When you are sheltered in Jesus, whatever the world does, whether to your finance, to your work, your job, or anything, it does. But guess what? My father owns cattle on a thousand hills. Whatever the world takes away, God can put it back. Can you say amen? The world took Lazarus away. God said, no, you don't. I need him back here. Four days later, he comes out of the grave. That's the Jesus who we're sheltering with, can you say amen? Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were ordered by the emperor Nebuchadnezzar. You bow down and you worship the idol of me representing our false gods or we're going to execute you. They said, king, no disrespect, but we are not going to worship your idols. And the king became furious and he kind of liked these three Hebrew men and uh, they were strong, they were stalwart, and they were serious about their faith. But he was furious that they defied him right in front of his, his council and right in front of all of the people. They said, we absolutely are not going to bow and worship. And so the, the, the emperor Nebuchadnezzar said, I want you to stoke up that furnace. Make it seven times hotter or ten times hotter or whatever. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So... They did, and it became so hot that the soldiers that threw them down into the fiery pit all died. Just because they had to get close enough to drop them in, and the flames killed them. And you know the story. Nebuchadnezzar said, hey, wait. He looked down into the fiery pit. He said, didn't we just throw three men down in there? He said, and I see four of them walking around. And he said, they're not even hurt. It, they're not even being burned up. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Now, I have no idea how an Old Testament king knew what Jesus looked like. But, you know, Jesus can make himself known. He has no problem. I, you know, I love that story about Nebuchadnezzar. You've you got, you got some children or grandchildren or friends that are unsaved. 
stop worrying. Start praying, Lord, reveal yourself to them. If, if Jesus, hundreds of years before he even came into the world, could make an, a, a godless, demon-worshiping king like Nebuchadnezzar see him and know who he is in the midst of a fire, he can certainly let your loved ones know who he is and open their eyes. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And so he said, I see a fourth one that looks like the son of God walking around down in there. And then he yelled. He said, hey, you guys, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, come on out here. And they came out. The Bible says they didn't even smell of smoke. He was stunned. Now, this, this king might have been godless and didn't know the Lord, but look how quick he gets saved. <laughs> he said, he said uh, praise the Lord of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And from that moment on, he decrees that the God, that fourth man in the fire furnace, he is God. He's going to be the God over this realm. I mean, all it takes is one good demonstration like that. But if you don't have the fire, if you don't have the time of trial, if you don't have the times of troubles, these things don't happen. Jesus doesn't show up as the fourth man in the fiery furnace until you're willing to be thrown in that fire. They said to him before they got thrown in the fire, King, God is able to deliver us out of this fiery furnace. And even if he doesn't, you better know we're never going to bow. Oh, what? Can we get some Christians today? Come on now. Can we get some Christians today that will have that kind of attitude? You know what? Even if I do get persecuted, even if all my money goes away, even if the enemy is able to, to uh, do to me what he's threatening to do, I'm never going to leave Jesus. I'm never going to shut up about Jesus. I'm never going to forsake God. I'm never going to bow to the devil. It's just not going to happen. When I took up this cross to follow Jesus, I took it up to never look back. Matter of fact, I couldn't go back if I want to. The door is not just closed and locked. It doesn't exist anymore. I'm dead. I'm crucified with Christ. I'm following. So we might as well go all the way, people. Glory to God. When times of trouble arise, we might as well be what we've become. If you've become a Christian, now's the time to shelter in place with Jesus. Somebody say praise the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. So Jesus is that fourth one in our fiery trial Today In Psalm 107, verse 19 and 20, Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. It's interesting, if you read the verse before, it says they got into trouble because they were foolish. It's exactly what it says. So if you think, well, yeah, but you know, this is happening to us because we've sinned, and this is happening to us because we were foolish. Well, these guys sinned and they were foolish. And then when it all started to come down on their head, they looked up and said, Lord, help. They cried in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. <clears throat> he sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Don't you want God to snatch you from the door of death? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, on a practical note, here's how I want to wrap this up. 
It's specifically the promises of God's word. And that's why I've just read a few of them to you. And the, the promise of his word and the promise of his name. Because his name is healing. He is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Hallelujah. He is Je Jehovah Shammah, the presence of God. He is uh, Jehovah Shalom, the peace. Glory to God. Whatever it is that we need, Jesus is that to us. So the promises of his word and the promises of his name are the refuge of safety. That's how the house of God's refuge is built, through his word, through his name. That's why it's so important Learn the Word of God, not just the dead letter, but learn it for times like this. Because that's how the house of refuge is built, is by praising God for His Word. John, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Listen, Hebrews 11.3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were for framed by the word of God. Terry, you know what framing is. You and I have done some framing together. You build a house, you, you're framing, framing carpentry. You build that frame and then you start putting the walls around it, put the roof on it. The Bible says God framed the universe with his word. That's the hammer and nail and construction and tool material that God used is his word. We understand through faith the worlds were built by the word. Now, if God could build the universe by the word of God, you think he could make a room of safety for you to shelter in? When a little silly virus comes tripping along and the whole world goes nuts, you think God can't build a little, little hut of safety for you? His name is Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And the Bible also says in <clears throat> Acts chapter 19, <clears throat> so mightily grew the word of God, and prevailed. Hallelujah. God's word grows and multiplies. People are saying, this thing is spreading. It's growing. And so you know what? They're hiding everybody in their houses. Again, I don't disagree with it. I think these measures are important. But look at the parallel. They're trying to starve it to death. If nobody gets in contact with it, the virus will die. Well, the Word of God. People need to get in contact with the Word of God because when it comes in contact with us, it multiplies, and I love it. It prevails. It prevails. When you read that verse in Acts chapter 19, the verses just before it talk about how Paul and the disciples were preaching the gospel in the city of Ephesus, and they were demon-worshiping, witchcraft-practicing people that were turning openly and publicly to Jesus Christ. And uh, there was, a, there was a, a, a girl that uh, practiced divination. Paul cast the devil out of her, and all the idol, uh, all the, uh, the, the guys that... Uh, were, I don't know what you'd call them, they were running her like, like you'd run a prostitute. You know, they were running this girl, making money off of her. Once he cast the devil out of her, they couldn't make money anymore, and so they started persecuting Paul. So, I mean, stuff was happening, and uh, the as the word of God went forth, 
people were being separated from the demonic bondages that had been the way of life for them. That's what I'm saying, is that the city of Ephesus may have been famous as a big center of commerce, but from a cultural, spiritual standpoint, it was saturated and locked down in sin. And when the word of God, through the gospel of Jesus Christ, began to preach, I'm telling you, people started turning to Jesus, and they had a great big bonfire and uh, I don't know how many thousands of pounds of silver, uh, pieces of silver it was worth, but they all burned their witchcraft book, books and publicly started proclaiming Christ. And at the end of telling about all of that, it says the Word of God. Not Christianity, not the church, the Word of God. The Word of God grew mightily, and prevailed. Hallelujah. Prevailed. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. We're all familiar with the word of God is living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. Piercing even to the point of dividing soul from spirit and joints from marrow. Uh, it is able to judge the desires and thoughts of the heart. So the word of God is what makes Jesus real to us. When we praise him according to his word, he is there alive and active. Hallelujah. And when you enter in by praising God according to his word, and you're worshiping him and blessing him and standing on his word, you are standing in that high tower of refuge. You are standing in Jehovah Rapha, the healer. You are standing in Jehovah Shalom, Jesus, our peace. Glory to God. So here's what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to read one more verse to you, one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 27. And then we're going to, do, we're going to praise the Lord and go out rejoicing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And uh, so we are going to act on what I've said. We're going to take our refuge in... We're going to take our refuge in the Lord Jesus Christ according to what he has spoken in his word. And Psalm 27, 4 through 6, David did the exact same thing in his day and he wrote about it. Listen to this. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Now David was not talking about going to church seven days a week. When he talked about living in the house of the Lord, he's a king, he's a warrior, he's a busy man, he's going to and fro. But he, in all of his going to and fro, he wants to stay in shelter. You know, I'm going to shelter in place in Jesus, so when I go to Walmart, my shelter's going with me. Hello, church. Come on, praise the Lord. When I go, my shelter goes with Guess what? My shelter's in my hazmat suit. I got it on. You can't tell. It's on. I got the, the bucket head thing with all the Lysol and all that stuff. It's all in me. Hallelujah. Got it in me. One thing if I desire to the Lord, I'm going to seek the most, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections. Now we're getting down to the construction. This is how I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord. I'm going to delight in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when trouble comes. Where is he going to conceal me? Where I'm delighting. 
hallelujah, where I'm delighting in his perfections and where I'm meditating upon him, upon his word. So it doesn't matter where I am. Wherever I am, when I'm like that, when I am delighting and meditating on him and praising him, he is concealing me. When troubles come, he hides me in a sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. There you go again. The enemy can't get to me. God's placed me out of reach on a high rock. Now I will hold up my head high above my enemies who surround me. And at his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Woo, glory to God, somebody. Hallelujah. We are the house of God. We take church with us. Praise the Lord. You think they look funny in Walmart, all the pictures of people, you know, saran wrap from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. They look funny going through Walmart, big bubble hazmat suit and everything. Well, you might look funny going through Walmart saying, He has set me free. He has set me free. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. You know, so that's why we learned all those scripture songs so we could whip them out. In a, in a moment's notice, you know, the songs nowadays, don't get me started. I like some of the modern songs, but don't get me started. You can't sing those, and, and, and I, there's just, never mind. I like those simple Bible songs, you know, that just sing the word, and you, there's no confusion in your mind what you're saying. You're singing the word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So David said, right now, now I am going to prevail and my head's going to be lifted up over my enemies that surround me. He didn't say, God made all my enemies to stop surrounding me. No nonsense like that. No. God's attitude is, I could care less if the enemy wants to stand around and watch me deliver David. Sure, let him, stop, let him do it. What do I care? But it's not going to touch my servant. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So while my enemies are surrounding me, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to be in his sanctuary. I'm going to offer praises with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Now, should you shelter at home? Look, you do whatever you think you should do. I think the advice that they're giving, I think the government's doing a pretty good job. It's the first time you've probably ever heard me say that from this pulpit. Maybe the last time you ever hear me say it. I don't know. But I think that, I think that it's pretty good advice. People that... that that truly do care are doing the best with what they have. They're using the wisdom of the world in the best way that they can. No, we're all in it together. You know, uh, Melania Trump, in her little presentation she made, I thought was brilliant. And I think she said it absolutely right. We're all in this together. And so praise God, praise God, praise God. Um, that is fine shelter at home, you know, work remotely, do whatever you need to do. But in all that you do, make sure you're sheltering in Jesus. Shelter in the praises of God. Hallelujah. And what a time, what an opportunity to let the people around you know, hallelujah, how you sanitize and disinfect yourself with the word of God. Hallelujah. And they say, why do you have that confidence? Uh, learn a couple of these verses that you can instantly just peel off and give to them. I'm a very present help in the time of trouble. God sent his word and healed me and delivered me from all thy destructions. 
by his stripes I was healed. Hallelujah. And uh, so at any rate, we are going to do that right now. We're going to praise the Lord at the, the musicians. We've got a couple of musicians we've hired this morning. Praise the Lord. And um, <clears throat> we're going to bless the Lord together. But before we do, I'd like to offer this prayer. You can let that keep rolling. I want to pray over us. And by us, I mean not only we few that are here in this sanctuary, but especially those that will be listening to this message to get encouragement to build up their faith. I want you to agree with me according to the word of God for the Lord's blessing of safety over us and over our nation. Amen? Amen. All right, so let's pray right now. Precious Heavenly Father, we stand before your holy throne. And we are many this morning, though only a few gathered in this place. Lord, all across the internet and across our nation and indeed around the world, there are millions of Christians who've put their trust in you that are looking upon you. I saw a picture, Lord, yesterday of a Catholic church, a Roman Catholic church in Poland where Every single person in the church was laid on their face in the aisles, arms stretched out on their face before God in that church, calling on the name of Jesus for healing and deliverance from this thing from around the world. So we are in, we are in good company with people of faith. And now, Father God, we remind ourselves <clears throat> before the Lord that there is no disease in the blood of Jesus. There is no COVID-19 in the blood of Jesus. There's no leprosy in the blood of Jesus. There's no cancer in the blood of Jesus. Nor is there fear, nor is there lust, nor is there greed. Oh, hallelujah. But the blood of Jesus is full of the agape, the love of God demonstrated in the most beautiful character we have ever seen. Jesus of Nazareth, when you were on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You knew what you were doing. You were giving your life for the world, that every man, every woman, every young person that would turn to you would receive life. And in that life, receive a covenant with the Father, hallelujah, that made them a child of God today, we stand as children of God and we open wide our arms and pray for unbelievers around us. Lord, as they are looking out for help and for comfort, may they see you, Lord. May you reveal yourself to them. May they see you as the fourth man in the fiery furnace. May they look and see Jesus truly is Lord and know that you love them and they are welcomed into your house. Bring people into your comfort, we pray. And Lord, we lift up the families, Lord, that are not with us today. We lift up the people not with us today, praying for their healing and praying for recovery. We lift up those that have contracted this virus, that Lord, they will recover, that they will be lifted out, oh God, and restored. We also pray for all of the losses the job losses and the financial losses. We pray for the companies, Lord, even whole industries, oh God, that uh, are now insecure because 
of the response around the world. We're asking, Father God, that they would put their trust in you and look to you. And Father, we pray that you would deliver those that call upon your name. And in closing, Father, we know that upheavals like this, Lord God, cause disruption. And everything gets thrown up, but what goes up must come down. And when the dust settles, Lord, it's times like this throughout history that things are rearranged. And they could be rearranged for the good. Father, we're asking that your hand would be upon our nation. That your hand would be upon its people, upon its business and government, upon, Lord, the families and individuals. And that things would come down in your order and be better, Lord, than before this disruption took place. We pray that for ourselves on an individual level and pray it for our communities and our nation. And this, Lord, is our prayer today in the mighty name of Jesus, who is our refuge and strength, our very present help in times of trouble. Praise the Lord. Come on, everybody. Give the Lord some praise this morning.